0: Welcome to the Give Back Economy, a podcast about social innovation and social enterprise. Now, with your host, Peter Miller. Welcome, and we're going to talk to Pirba and find out what she does. So, welcome, and tell me about your academic background.
1: Yeah, hi there. Hi, Peter. So, my name is Opasna, and I run an organization called Pirba. And this is a relatively new social enterprise, uh, a nonprofit. Um, And we got our nonprofit status on March of 23, so very much within the year. Uh, My academic background is actually I grew up in India, and I did uh, engineering as a first degree. Then I moved to Scotland and studied um, technology policy. Uh, You know, how do you actually create technology and how do you actually release it uh, to any Uh, state or city. So that was my emphasis. And after that, I worked several years as a management consultant um, in various roles with respect to, again, technology and how how it intersects with people. After that, I did a master's in business administration, focused on marketing and international strategy. And this was in Germany when I lived there for about four years and um, studied and focused really very much on the small businesses in the economy. And how they really are the backbone of the economy and often are not really visible, but create jobs and create uh, multiple opportunities. And how do you sort of grow a small business uh, using various marketing tools? So that was my emphasis. I then did, uh, you know, move to the United States in 2015 um, and very much uh, lived in Michigan for the next, uh, you know, almost decade and was working with the University of Michigan, was working with, uh, you know, uh, Crane which is a a newspaper or media organization, and always did marketing and and digital marketing. That was my focus. Um, Last year is when I sort of questioned myself on, you know, all of this marketing communications that I've learned and I'm using, how do I use it in a way that is um, beneficial to the communities uh, that I um, am a part of, also to just everyone in our local cities, parents specifically. And, uh, you know, as a new mom myself, it sort of like drove me to think about how do we create a space where our children get exposed to really interesting, rich stories from all across the world to develop empathy and critical thinking, to be able to just learn about the world when, you know, they might be in their own little bubble, uh, which happens, right? We, We are only exposed to what we see around us. And I wanted to sort of... Um, switch that up, and books and stories are a great way to do that. They can be like windows, doors, and sliding doors to another culture. And that's really what I wanted to focus on as a parent, but also as someone who's done 20 years of marketing and communication and wants to be able to give back. And so that's how Peerbug was founded. Um, It's actually an organization that began in Brossard in Canada, which is near Montreal, and um, it was a children's monthly magazine and i was volunteering there and um, after you know i saw the work and that organization still continues i wanted to do something from like a more socially driven impact driven uh, format so i had moved to austin and i set up a non profit uh, for um, you know uh, almost taking from the parent organization but setting its independent non profit and our focus is we'll create storytelling workshops we'll create uh, little, you know, toolkits and books for children, educators, and parents, and again, to diversify what stories they are um, listening to or learning, but also to sort of build their storytelling skills. So that's what I do now, and, you know, I'm going to take a pause and see what you have to say.
0: <laughs> well, I guess, wow, you've lived internationally, that's for sure, and uh, I gather you have two kids. One a big one, one a little
1: one. Mm-hmm. Actually, I have I have one kid. Uh, it is a little one, four year old. But I am very close to my um, nephew and niece, and those are like that's the older kid. Uh, in uh, my environment, I guess who is no, ten. No, I,
0: by the big one, I meant your husband.
1: Oh, oh! I actually thought like everyone confuses you have, because you, my have
0: two, you have two kids.
1: I do. Okay, I see what you mean. Yes. Yes, my husband. Uh, you know, we, we we consider ourselves as equal partners. He's super supportive, and um, so I think you know, I sometimes need to be uh, mothered or supported as well, which I get from him. So I definitely consider him uh, my partner in what I'm doing. It's it, you know, and I come in with that privilege, Peter, because it's not easy for uh, people to just give up what they were doing um, in like a corporate uh, job, you know with the money that was flowing in our household. And then I suddenly said, okay, now I'm going to go into this nonprofit profit space and do something of my own. And I think, uh, you know, I've, I've definitely had the privilege of having his support uh, to be able to financially sustain that for this period um, as I build what I'm doing. So, um, you know, definitely be a strong partnership is required when you do something like this.
0: So what is the website for the nonprofit?
1: yeah the website is just peerbag.com peer uh, dot com that's the website and anyone can look up it's open to all kids parents educators whoever is interested or working with children uh we also actually do engagement uh, or team level workshops with different corporations uh where you know we just talk about uh storytelling as a tool to um, connect with each other and and build a sense of bonding and also leadership skills. Because from my personal background, I definitely believe when you're able to share a story and tell who you are in that format, you just um, give yourself better abilities to be heard. And you also are able to uh, connect with each other better, which is relevant whether you are at work or not. So we definitely also go into organizations and help them.
0: So when are you going to write a book about your history?
1: (laughs) Um, I am always writing a book. I think uh, I was quite young. I was, uh, I guess, maybe 15 or 16 when I uh, came home one day and I told my dad I'm going to write a book. And no one obviously believes in it. So, But my dad is very... he's very progressive and he's kind of like very supportive. So he was like, he would come every evening asking me, did I add a page or did I write something? Like he was genuinely invested in that concept. And I think, um, I feel that, you know, there's something that the Moth says, which I say to a lot of people, that we can only write books from scars, not wounds. And all of our lives, no matter, you know, who it is, how they've lived, we have our ups and downs. That's what life is about. I think I tend to sort of document parts of my life that I feel ready to share, and um, so that's why I end up doing a lot of like small books, which are obviously driven by my own experiences. And uh, sometimes those may not appear like it's it's a my it's my life story, but they are definitely influenced by what I've lived or my lived experiences. I think in terms of a book, I have um, a little children's books coming up throughout this year in twenty four. I have a book of translations of uh, Kashmiri songs, which is my mother tongue, that is coming up also in 2024, and I'm hoping to create a book on storytelling traditions from around the world, uh, especially uh, focused on South Asia, which is my background, that hopefully gets released um, you know, within the next year and a half. And I'm doing a young adult book, which is uh, a historical fiction set in India um, that I'm still like drafting, so let's see when that sort of um uh, gets itself ready because you know books are like children like they, they they will get out when when there is when the right time is there. So I think I kind of like have tons of ideas in my head, but it happens when it does happen.
0: Do you have a team helping you? Sounds like you're doing an awful lot.
1: I I enjoy it. So I think you know like they say, I think it's kind of stereotypical, but I'll repeat it nonetheless that if you enjoy what you're doing, your work becomes clear. And I definitely am in that mind space right now. I do have uh, student reporters that we work with. I also do have, uh, you know, volunteer staff as well as paid staff. Um, not too much because we are still very young, but definitely helping me in events, especially like we are doing a, um, at least three storytelling festivals within this year. One is coming up in Austin in the end of March, March 23rd. And it's the first time I'm doing like a full day storytelling festival. So for that, obviously I have staff that is helping me. Uh, but you know, as a nonprofit, we are lucky that there are organizations that are, uh, you know, helping us get volunteers. So anyone who's interested in the field and wants to sort of work with us is able to do that, um, especially for those who like words and stories, it's, it's a good space to sort of connect and, and give back. Um, so that's how I work through volunteers and some paid staff. Um, and also partnerships with other nonprofits, or partnerships with other non or other organizations who have like social impacts in their mind. Sometimes we do work together, which is obviously beneficial and helpful from a resource perspective.
0: How did you end up in Austin of all places?
1: <laughs> so uh, you know, I was you know I love Michigan. I I will say this uh, you know I think it's highly underrated in terms of how pretty it is and. It is a long winter, though. You know, it's like we get six months of winter and we get dumped with snow, even in May sometimes. So I think we'd, you know, spend this whole time, then the pandemic happened, and we were kind of thinking of a change. And my husband, uh, you know, he was in a remote job, and as so was I at that time. And he had an opportunity that his office, uh, they had, like, an office space here, and we considered that, saying that, hey, you know, we have a three-year-old, should we consider, like, moving at this stage because we are still you know, pre-elementary school age, I guess. And so we said, okay, let's try because we are both very much the people who've lived in different places, who've traveled. And we wanted our son to have that kind of exposure. And we really thought we are going to have uh, you know, sunlight. We can we can have more sunshine. But I think I'm I'm kind of like half of my foot is in Austin and I love it. I think I've had really good Connections here. I've had the city has been very good to our nonprofit. You know, we've got a t- tremendous amount of support from local institutes. Uh, but my heart still lives in Michigan. So I mean, I'm I'm going back in October to do an event in Michigan because I feel that you know, I worked in the university for four years. My husband went to school there. So I we are very much like uh, Michiganders in that uh, you know. We, will be, we were very happy at the beginning of this year when the team won the national championship. So we're we very much like the go blue team here. So um, I wouldn't put it past me if we ha- if we moved back. Um, Austin happened just because we had a job option here, and so we moved. But I kind of like I my heart lies in Michigan.
0: My uh, wife was born in New York City, and she mm-hmm. went to mm-hmm. University of Michigan.
1: Oh, my goodness. You know this. Go uh, loose. <laughs>
0: yes, I do. Yes. And they, yes. Have, and they have a little football stadium there.
1: They do. And it's uh, in- incredible. Like, just the energy of the town is is beautiful. We love and And, uh, you know, I always find an opportunity to go back there and just, you know, just the vibe is so strong. It's wonderful to be there. So, um at the same time, though, I mean, Austin is great. It's beautiful, sunny. Right now in the winter, you know, I'm like at 73 degrees today. And, you know, what's better than that? Like, this is Jan. So I am excited to be here at this time. And I think the main thing I think is, like, after having lived in four countries, Peter, I think my main goal is how do I stay in a place and a surrounding where I can be fully present and contribute? And right now, for us, it's Austin. And it could be something else in the next two years. But I'm committed to the places that I am in. I naturally want to connect locally, naturally want to support local communities, and, you know, there's there's a good energy in Austin right now, and I'm able to do that, so I am happy.
0: What you should be doing is setting up social franchises or chapters in, yeah. in the yeah. different cities and countries that you've been involved in.
1: Yeah, no, no, I, I love that idea. I think that, you know, um, as with any business, I think we need to reach, reach a point where we can um, replicate uh, work enough to know what really our audience cares about the most. And then I think once we're at that place where we know here is a working product, here is what people really enjoy and like that we are building, and then that replication process becomes easier. And I'm lucky to say that there are lots of people who are invested in this field, and I've connected with hundreds of artists and writers in the last year who are um, you know committed who are doing everything they can so i definitely feel there is an opportunity to grow um, through chapters or scaling it in different places and you know new york is a great, great example because there's a lot of like people there who are into this field who would like their children to be exposed to storytelling so i think it will happen when i find the right partners but i'm also giving us enough time to be sustainable um, and to be able to have that, you know, uh, I guess a playbook to say this is what works, guys, and so now you go take it in your chapter and and make it bigger or better uh, than the parent organization can. So that's definitely a, a possibility.
0: That's why I like the term social franchise as
1: compared mm-hmm. to
0: franchise. So do you have a yeah. do you have a business plan of where you're at and where you're going?
1: Yes, actually. Um, so you know, we uh, kind of like like any other business sort of in the nonprofit space have started learning the ropes of, you know, how do we get funding? Who is uh, going to support various kinds of programs? And what we've really realized is that, you know, there's a lot of like good funding and support coming from public institutes like cities or, uh, you know, um, libraries, for example. And that's also where our core audience is, which is kids and parents. And so I think that's the route we'll go from like, Uh, you know, in 50% of the time is that's that's our emphasis so that we can grow in that area. The other thing is directly working with parents. Sometimes we see parents who are kind of confused on how should I get what book should I even get my child, like even at that basic level, which I understand because I go through the same thing as a as a parent myself. So how do we sort of help parents in that respect on, you know, exposing their children to the best kind of like written word, I would say or like encouraging their children to be creative. So we started this, um, you know, this earlier this year, we started something we are calling the Maker Box, where we believe all children can be creative. All children have stories that are wonderful and they can share, but we just need to encourage them. We need to tell them, here are the tools, here are the prompts, use this and, and make something. Instead of like being on the screen all the time, use your hands, like I'm a big believer in using hands and so we have like this maker box which goes by themes every month so every month they get shipped like books story prompts ideas on or games and activities that they can work together in a family and it becomes an activity so you're not having to give screen time but you can literally like do it and it's a great way to build connection with kids and have them do something so this really is going to be something that we are going to go with for the whole year and my hope is that We grow our member box members, um, and they can see the benefit of it in their families. So that's really our emphasis for this year.
0: So having said this, here's a more challenging question. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Where are you going to be living three years from now, and what's your organization going to look like three years from today?
1: I am hoping I can answer the organization question faster than where I'm going to be living. <laughs> so I think the organization question is that, you know, my hope is that we really grow our membership we, because that's how we get sustainable support uh, to the work that we are producing for our members or for parents in general. Um, so, you know, that requires us to have visibility at a, at a certain scale that definitely requires us to have partnerships with other organizations and, um, presence in different cities this year we are going to be in austin in in one city in india which is still like uh, we are selecting and in Annaba. those are our three places next year you know we want to do more we want to add more cities where you know we can connect with people um and so that is going to keep growing so our membership grows up and um you know i i haven't finalized a plan with our board yet. So I can't tell you like a real number, but I would say that I would like to see that growth in our membership happen in the next three years so that our um, focus becomes more on serving our audience and serving our communities with the materials of high quality or experiences of high quality that they expect or that they can benefit from. So that really is the three year to grow this whole membership idea. In terms of where I would be living, Um, now that I've lived in, you know, so many different, like, I don't know, 10 cities and four countries, I don't know. I feel it could be somewhere here in the United States. It could be Michigan. It could be even Austin if things are like going smoothly, but I feel I'm open. I I like to say that, you know, we have that, um, I guess, window of time before my son goes into like a formal elementary school environment uh, where we have a couple of years to figure out, you know, which elementary education should he get? Um, you know, and once he's in elementary, I would like him to have that, you know, have friends or have like a, I guess a more, um, easier access to his social life by being in, in the same place for a, for a bit, um, for consistency and for his own social growth. So I think, um, that is probably two years away for us, so two years allows us the, the time frame to think about which places it going to be. It could very well be Michigan. It could very well be Austin. So I'm, I'm placing my bets on everything right now.
0: So back to your books again. How many languages are you publishing in?
1: I publish primarily in two languages. Uh, English is my primary writing language, I would say, but I am translating often. From my mother tongue, which is in Kashmiri, I also sometimes will use Hindi words, which is uh, Hindi and Urdu mix. I guess is if I we call it in the sunny in the South Asian subcontinent. I'm fluent with that, so sometimes I'll use different words of it. But my primary writing language still still continues to be English, and it might have words from other languages or translations as appropriate, depending on the context of where the book is said depending on what story I'm telling. Um, but I am, um, I guess, most comfortable writing in English, so most of the books will have English as the primary language.
0: I uh, kid my wife, who's from New York. I tell her that she's bilingual. <laughs> she, she, she speaks a little Canadian.
1: I hear you, because I think that... Uh, know when i moved to austin it was the first time it sort of hit me that i do probably speak more midwestern than i speak like uh you know whatever gets spoken in austin it's very different so i think i'm kind of like i i think there is there is something to be said about our regional uh you know just the unique things that come out of every area and i definitely feel that um people have those nuances, which I love bringing out because, you know, all this like diverse, I guess, ways of saying different things, uh, it makes our writing unique and it makes our stories unique. So I'm definitely like, I, my uh, writing definitely includes, you know, ideas from all the places I've been in. It's difficult to get that out of your mind when that's your lived experience. And it's also like an authentic expression right it's it's who i am it's you know who it, so I, I feel it's it's kind of nice to have that bilingual multilingual approach uh, to to writing
0: so where can people buy your books
1: well most of the times they should find everything on amazon that's the easiest but also on like um, you know once the books uh, there are two kinds of books like books that we publish internally they are published by our um, you know founding organization which is uh Peerbach stories a uh, canadian organization but they'll typically put everything up on amazon so that's how people are able to buy them and the other way is that if if i am personally publishing with a traditional publisher they will also have it on amazon but also in local bookstores um, the easiest way to know is like our website peerbag.com typically has a listing of all of the things when people go to our bookstore they will see our Maker Box that, you know, is uh, basically gets shipped every month to parents and families. And our books are also listed there. And books keep changing and growing. So for me, it's like uh, that's one common place to find them. Um, but, um, yeah, my hope is that, you know, as I grow in my ri- own writing, I guess uh, more of it would uh, be available in local bookstores that people frequent.
0: And you add more authors, not just you.
1: No, I do actually have more authors. Like we've already published about three different authors in the last year. It's not always just me. Uh, uh, My personal interest in writing sometimes is outside of what our organization does. And so I don't always publish with us. I publish with other publishers directly as well. Uh, But our books, which are literally like children-oriented and activity books, are, are definitely published through us and have multiple writers and contributors because I don't claim to know or share that I have all the stories. Uh, Lots of people have stories for kids specifically. And I guess what we add from our side is is a component of activity so that children are not just reading, they are doing something with that reading. So that's how we sort of um, come in as an organization. So each time we have a story, the story in itself is great, but then we want to have something that children can do with it. And that's what we encourage in the books that we produce.
0: That's excellent. Well, my daughter is a grade three teacher, so
1: oh wow, so you know this, yes, I <laughs> you do. know this,
0: and I, yes. was, I was a teacher too, so
1: yeah, no, that's wonderful. And those are exactly you know, teachers are the people that we are um, trying to create this work for. We know how hard it is to, like, you know, on top of a, an entire curriculum to have reading, so we want to make reading fun, we want to make it so that children, e- even if they are not like 100% into like you know, their bookworm phase; they can still find something in the books to do, which supports um, teachers and parents.
0: Okay. Can you very slowly uh, pronounce or say or spell the website? Because you, you said it very quickly, and I'm just concerned that people may have trouble following it.
1: No, absolutely. I would love to do that. So it is P as in parrot, E for England, E for England, R for rabbit, peer, B for balloon, A for apple, G for goat, H for horse, that is BAG, B A G H, dot com. And I, I'll tell you what it means. So people have some kind of a connection with it. Peer means, um, you know, a saint or a wise person bag means a garden so the the word actually means garden of the wise because we believe all kids are like born wise they have stories in them and our job is just to give them the tools and resources so that they know how to share their wisdom with others so it's the garden of the wise peerbag.com